Ken Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to a brand new edition of The Weekend Show. You'll be relieved to know that I am joined, as always, by my idolised co-host, Garrett. Say hello to our loyal listeners, Garrett. Garrett out. You can't, you can't, it doesn't work if you don't have the, an actual mic to drop. <laughs> and also if I do it at the start of the show instead of the end. Yeah, it's like you have to drop the mic so it makes a noise. Yeah. That was just silence. But Ryan Seacrest did it, so I can do it too. Yeah. Okay. Ryan Seacrest seems like a cool guy. He does seem like a cool guy. Ken hates trees. I hate trees. You know, we stopped that before the show. Why do I... Stop trying to change the subject. <laughs> yeah. Ken's like, oh, I accidentally printed the, the, the script single page instead of back to back. And Ken's like, it's better, even though it's killing all the trees. Ken hates trees. What what because what have they done for me here? There's actually a funny joke in, in Kimmy Schmidt where she's standing in front of a door and she's just like, Hi door, do you miss being a tree? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kimmy Schmidt. But uh enough about that, Gar. Yep. Get on with the show. Come on. We're, we haven't even got to the intro part yet. I'm already derailing us. But uh speaking of Ryan Seacrest, coming up on the show this week, we discussed the endangered species that I'm sorry, I, I cannot not bring this up, Ken. We both have drinks on the table in case we start choking in the middle of the podcast. And I lifted up my drink, and the coaster has come with it, Ken. It's heathenry. What what kind of what kind of devilry are you doing in this house? Is this like uh, some satanic ritual? It's uh, it's water. Oh, and suction. Uh, that, that that actually reminds me of a story which I'm going to tell now. In I think third yeah. third third class science, you know, Mr. Romani. Yeah, a good old, old Kino man, he's a lovely man. He was trying to do that trick where you put a bunch of water in a, a, like a glass or a large uh, like like Tupperware box and you, you put it up against a, a thing like this and you turn it upside down and the suction keeps the water in. Yeah. All fine in principle, Ken, until the water comes bundling out all over the desk in front of him. Brilliant. Maybe, maybe he was trying to teach you a lesson here that science is only science if you can repeat it. That's true. So uh, he, he destroyed someone's books for that principle. <laughs> anyway, again, you were introducing the show before I so rudely interrupted you. Let's just start again. Good. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up on the show this week, we discussed the endangered species. That is the TV talent show. Finally, we got around to saying that. Thanks, Gar. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, the, 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 the suction was too important not to discuss I literally, I literally was halfway through the line when you, when you, when you just heard <laughs> it's me. It's like, never mind. <laughs> Uh, we sound off on our favourite stories of the week in Who News Best. And in case you've got too much time on your hands, fear not. Your beloved Netflix is ready to come to your rescue with more nuggets of entertainment gold mined from the internet. Yeah. Uh, nuggets of gold. <laughs> nuggets. That's coming up a little later in the show. But, uh, Gareth, before we get the show on the road, let's not break with tradition. I, I suppose I should ask you how your week is. My week was uneventful. Or was, I should say. I did very little. I binge watched the series of American Idol. Great. As you do. In preparation for the show this week. Yes, research. Great journalism, Gar. And next weekend is the official launch of Podcast Today on the Weekend Show Network. Yes. We have a network. Yeah, it's our spin-off show. Two, po- two podcasts officially means that we're a network. Yeah. Fair enough. Both of us are... Well, well we, between us, we host both of them. Yes. You're banned from this, show, this new show, by the way. Why am I banned? Because if you're on it, what's the difference between Podcast Today and the Weekend Show? I don't know. The Weekend Show is us, Ken. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. The show is us. We're the brand. Yeah. 
it's a, it's, it's a daily podcast for as long as I can feasibly keep a daily podcast up for. Or as long as he keeps interested. Yeah, I'll get bored. Or I, I have three episodes already recorded and edited and ready to go. So I'm, I'm on top of things, Ken. Oh, so you're editing things now? Yeah. You think you're a big deal? Huh? I, I edited a whole like hour-long podcast about Pokemon. An hour? Yeah. Are people going to listen to a podcast today for an hour? Well, Rob was on it. Rob was on it? Yeah. Rob is officially going to be a guest on the weekend show network now again. Yeah, you're a slut. <laughs> cheating on You're a podcast slut. <laughs> cheating on you. Sorry. Uh, language of I, I couldn't even put my name in the title though because you've made me, you made me like question my self-esteem and self-worth. So it's not podcast today with Gar Kidney. It's just podcast today. You're a minion, Gar. Yeah. You're a minion. That's all you'll ever be. <laughs> I'm never worthy of top billing. I'll be damned if Rob is on our podcast <laughs> network, Gar. I'll be damned. I'll upload it and Ken will just delete it immediately. <laughs> so, Gar, it's... Um, before we get started, like, what, anything else? Anything else you want to mention? Right. I want to mention something, Gar. I'm going to embarrass you for a minute, Gar. Okay. Gar, as yet another article uh, printed in FSM magazine. Yes, about the wonderful Bobby Roode. Yes, so uh, that's hit, hit your new, new shelves now. And there's also a digital version available. Yeah. So check it out. Go read my words that I wrote. Yes. Also featuring quotes from Mike Tanay, Ken. Mike, Mike frickin' Tanay. How did you get How did you get them from Mike Tanay? Uh, Mike Tanay? That'd be a great, like... Like synergy sponsorship deal. I'd imagine he spoke them from his mouth. Yes. Or wrote them with his hand. So did you like? Did you contact him on Twitter? No, uh, the, the editor of FSM, FSM got onto him, on my behalf, with my questions, for Mike. Mike is lovely. I love Mike today. He's a lovely man. Ah, uh, it's a shame you, you might have been able to speak to him yourself. Yeah. Just call him on the phone. Hey, Mike. We pals now. I would totally call it Mike today every day. Tell Mike Tanay on your on your on your on your trader podcast. If I can get Mike Tanay on my trader podcast, I'm getting Mike Tanay on my trader podcast. Do you ever listen to him on Taz? No. He makes Taz like bearable, and that's 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 a tall feat. Fucking Taz, but yeah. FSM. Oh, sorry. Taz doesn't have a podcast. It's a radio show. Oh, it's a radio don't show. You, don't you get that wrong with him on Twitter? He will shout at you. Really? But it is a podcast, isn't it? Yeah. But I think he does have an actual radio show, but it's on the internet. But he calls it a radio show, but it's not a podcast. That's a podcast. He freaks out. He actually gets mad. He gets mad at people on Twitter when they call it a podcast. Taz, if you're listening, I'm calling you out. It's a podcast. <laughs> Do you have anything, Ken? Um, I've got a few things I'd like to talk about. Okay. Um, first thing is uh, Liverpool. Yeah, they beat Dortmund. They beat Dortmund, the mighty Dortmund. They, they did a, an Istanbul 2.0. They did, inspired by Istanbul. Let me lay the scene out for you. Um, things were going quite well from the first leg of the of the Europa League quarterfinal with Dortmund. Yeah, one one, one one. Away uh, goal, away goal. Everything was great. Within the first ten minutes, it all went to, went to pot because they scored two goals. Yeah, uh, meaning that we need to score three. For those who don't understand European football, away goals means you have an advantage if it ties. Yeah, that's but how it's broken. The, the the team with the more away goals wins if there is a tie. Yeah. So, it's also to incentivize attacking football, but I think it actually tends to do the opposite. Yeah, it makes people more risk averse because they don't want to concede, concede in the wake hole. Exactly, but uh, yeah, um, then uh, things are going pretty badly. But uh, shortly after the break, uh, Liverpool scored another goal, meaning they were within two. The comeback was on. Was quickly followed by another Dortmund goal, <laughs> yeah. which means that, we... in fairness, I didn't think Liverpool were out of it then. But when Dortmund scored after Liverpool scored, it's like game over. Yeah, but we need meaning we need to score another uh, three goals in something like 20, 25 minutes. Something like that. And uh, uh, a miracle run started uh, started off by Philippe Coutinho with a great individual goal. Uh, started started uh, an unlikely chain of events in which Liverpool scored uh, an injury time winner. Yeah. 
the, the villains of the story, Sacco and Lovren, who were terrible for conceding the goals in the first place, were the heroes because they scored the winners. They both scored headers, which is really weird because, like, as you said, Gar, they, were, they were at fault for the first two goals, but yeah. then they... But they, they're they, heroes, Ken! Who cares? Now, um, you know, people might say Europa League, who cares, but... Um, Europa League, who cares? Yeah, but that, that trophy is a golden ticket to the Champions League group stage if you, uh, mm-hmm. if you can win it. And Ken, if United finish fourth... Liverpool win the Europa League and City win the Champions League, then United don't get in the Champions League. Yeah, no, but like uh, the Europa League doesn't affect it. The Champions League would. I think it's both. Is it both? I think if no, both. no, like in the Europa League, it's the it's the winner of the Champions League would be affected. Say if the winner of the Champions League didn't get into the Champions League through their domestic league. Yeah, but that that's a very unlikely scenario. When yeah. the winners of both major tournaments are from the same country and neither qualified for the Champions League. Yeah. But so. yeah, if, if both win, if uh, and then United finish fourth, then United will be booted out of the Champions League. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, what, we're facing Villarreal in the semi uh, semi final. Yeah. Uh, it's a, their first semi final in quite a long time in, in in Europe since two thousand and seven, I would say. Yeah, but who cares? It's the Europa League. <laughs> Gareth, we need this. <laughs> it's a trophy. It's a ticket to the Champions League. It will attract better players and we can kick off from next year and win the league. It will be our year, Gar. Klopp out. Klopp, I like Klopp. Klopp's a nice man. He, like, apparently he injured himself from celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Mom likes Klopp as well. Why? Oh, mom, mom just has these like things where like, she just like she tries to, to act like she knows about sport but going, he's good. He's good at the football. It, it's, it's nearly always Rob or Dave Kearney when it's rugby. Yeah. It's like, he's a good player. Yeah. Like, yeah. Seems nice. <laughs> but yeah, she likes Klopp. Who yeah. doesn't like Klopp? Klopp, is, Klopp seems like a cool dude. Another thing there, I actually caught all of the MTV Movie Awards this year. Okay. Uh, and usually they're pretty terrible, I have to say. Yeah. They're god-awful. <laughs> uh, hosted this year by Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and Kevin Hart. I believe it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Whatever, bro. I am your brother. Yes, yeah, that's, that's factual. That's factual. <laughs> but uh, this year was the 25th anniversary, so they held it on the Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers studio lot. Yeah. And like, so I mean, the whole event was outdoors. Were like, you whack your yako and dot there? No, they were not. The water tower is in a different part of the studio. See, they're doing a stage show. Oh my god! Rob Paulson and the other folks who did the, the voices—they're doing a, a live stage show. Which the, the original one they did was accompanied by an orchestra. Yeah. Which would be super cool. If they come over here, we're going. We're going to try and interview them for podcast today, not this. You're off my network. <laughs> yeah, you're off the network. But um, <laughs> as I was saying, Garrett, before you so so really interrupted, it was, I I interrupted to tell you about you like like why is it always my stuff that gets interrupted? But I was interrupting you to inform you about something that I thought you would find enjoyable. God, Ken, I'll just sit here quietly until you point at me to so I can speak. Good. Speaking of which, Animaniacs is all on net. Not ah, uh, you've got me all flustered now, Gar. Animani- Animaniacs is all on Netflix right at the moment, Gar. Now you can speak. Yes, they are. I should yeah. watch it. Yeah. I, even though I gave them out to you on DVD for Christmas once or your birthday or whatever. Yeah. So you shouldn't need Netflix. Do I have them all? I do have them all. Never mind. <laughs> all 99 episodes. But it's on Netflix. So, you know, sometimes you have something on DVD, but you'll still watch it on Netflix. It's really weird. Sneaky Netflix. But uh, the MTV Movie Awards, like um, the awards, like some of them are stupid, like comedic genius. What the fuck does that Who mean? Who won it? Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? She's been around for five minutes. But like, the cool thing about it was on the Warner Brothers studio lot, and like, you know the, they had fake buildings and stuff. So they like dressed up all the buildings, and there was like projections and like fireworks and like, like and like loads of extras. So every time they showed um, 
clips from you know one of the th- big things the MTV Movie Awards does shows clips from the upcoming summer movies, and uh, they had like Fantastic Beasts. They also had Suicide Squad, which we'll talk about in a second. Oh, you should have left that to the end. We could have segued with good it. segue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Thanks for pointing out my flaws, Gary. <laughs> yeah. First you interrupt me and then you point out my flaws. The point is that like they had like a cast of characters that were kind of introducing this, you know, trailers with, in an elaborate fashion. And uh, it was all just very impressive and uh, some cool musical performances. Much more entertaining than usual years. I think it's just because it was the 25th anniversary, so I think they kind of went all out with the... Was, was Dwayne any good? the presentation. Not really. <laughs> and like, it's one of the biggest years they've had just because, of, you know, the peaked interest with the 25th anniversary. We had a kind of cool style being outside and it was all kind of different. And he'd be like, yeah, man, crushed it. Everything is always better when the rock is attached to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm tiring of Dwayne a little. Yeah. It's like, jeez, be a real human being. It's, it's like so obnoxiously fake sometimes. Yeah. It's just... I like the rock. I love, who doesn't love the rock? But it's just like, yeah, you know, changing the world, MTV Move Awards, yeah. Or like, this woman came up to me and said that I inspired her not to kill herself or dumb shit. I was like, why did you put that on the internet? Well, dumb shit. But yeah. No, do you know what I mean? Like, that, I'm sure he'll say it's like, oh, I'm trying to inspire other people to do the same. But, but it seems self-promoting. Yeah. He does a lot of self-promoting. Like he's, he's a human self-promoting machine. That's all he does. I've unfollowed him on Twitter because literally it's just like, speak like a normal person every now and again, Dwayne. Please. Yeah. No. It's like... He, Sweat. Respect. Yeah. He's like, I'm promoting something. That's that's his tone all the time. But I'm pretending not to promote it. <laughs> yeah. So I... Uh, Dwayne. His 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 uh guerrilla marketing sense is not uh all that uh, savvy. Yeah. But anyway, uh, finally, Gareth, yeah, there was a few uh, uh very uh promising trailers. Yep. Released during the week. Um, two of them w- which debuted on the MTV Movie Awards. Segway. Yep. Uh, so have you seen these trailers, Gareth? Just before we start. I've seen two of three. Well done. So let's start with the new Fantastic Beasts and where to find them trailer. Uh, you've seen the Star Wars trailer that originally launched, didn't you? Yeah. This succeeds for the exact same reason, Ken. It's pretty good. Then the old John Williams music kicks in. Yeah. Then it's great. Yeah. Because the old the, the Hedwig theme, the da 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 da, and then you get goosebumps and you're yeah. like, great trailer. Yeah, it's like uh, that's actually really apt because I wasn't sure about it until that kicked in. I was like, oh, Harry Potter, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, John Williams music is so, and uh, again, cults. Because it's based in the 1920s, and like, there's a few bits of magic in there, but like, if you just took out those, you wouldn't know it was about wizards, yeah. you know. Which is kind of cool. It's a change of setting. It's a change of like. Yeah. place for the series i'm sure there'll be plenty of wands and you know enchantments and, and i assume hogwarts looks the same yeah so that'll be there there's like an amazing scene where he jumps off a roof in the trailer and he apparates for uh you non-harry potter nerds means he just uh teleports teleports yeah uh dumbledore's name dropped in the trailer yeah i think we'll not... see michael gambon me well like it's a young dumbledore though cause, they uh, can cgi it's, him. it's when he was a professor yeah but like he's like how old is dumbledore no, he's like a million years old. He's probably like a million years old. So like realistically, you can just take a few wrinkles off his face. But I, uh, but Gareth, I'd be surprised if we don't see Michael Gambon. Here, here's here's a, here's a few facts for you. His dress is much like the the eleventh Doctor, uh, the yeah. Newt Scamander, um, and he has a suitcase that's bigger on the inside. Ooh, that's Colin Farrell in it. Yeah, I didn't know that until I saw the trailer. It's like, oh look, it's Colin Farrell. He plays an American auror or or uh, wizard police. Yes. Um, it's more wizard like bounty hunter it's kind of what they are well they, they, they they're not really police they kind of like go after the bad guys yeah but yeah police kind of they're more like roguish do you know like no the, the aura is 
What was that? It's the dog, the bounty hunter theme. That was terrible. The bounty hunter. But the R's in the UK that work for the Ministry of Magic. But yeah, but they're kind of like... Shut up. Don't you ruin my image of what Harry Potter is. I've read the books. How long ago? It's been a while. I've actually kind of been thinking about doing a reread because I do really like those books. They're Me good too. books. Maybe we should just read them on the podcast. I'm pretty sure they'd sue us. <laughs> Would they? We could read like Moby Dick. Yeah. That's in the public domain. Call me Ishmael. Yeah. But yeah. Uh... Oh, look, Ken, I know the first first line of Moby Dick. I've read the first few pages of Moby Dick. I'll have you know. Gareth bought it years ago and that's as far as he's made it. It's, it's to make me feel smart and then it's just like, this is kind of a terse read. So I'm just like, nah. But yeah, it works because he looks like Doctor is a doctor and they play some John Williams music halfway through. Yeah. Suicide Squad, Gareth, also debuted. That is the one I haven't seen because I have very little interest in it. Um, apparently, they're doing really expensive reshoots to shoehorn more jokes in there because they're really concerned that people are going to think it's grim and, and kind of dull like Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And you can really see that in the trailer. They're really like shoving in jokes out of nowhere. Like even in the trailer, you can see those jokes are just kind of like shoved in there like and mm. they like reached they've like re- restaged entire setups in scenes just to kind of get these jokes in there that seems like a lot of money it does seem like a lot of money but they really want it to kind of be taken lightly one of the things they do in the trailers which is really clever is like they do like a remix of a of a really popular song which really seems to like like see 50 shades of gray was like crazy in love for yeah the beyonce one yeah so like they tend like those trailers tend to do well because like people watch it for like the remix of the song or like if they like the song, it's X, kinda... X Men did that as well, didn't they? Yeah, they had a remix of a Coldplay song in their most recent trailer. Exactly, it's genius because like it it's, works. it's usually kind of slow and haunting more than yeah. it, it takes like a different song and makes it kind of more haunting. Exactly, and and the trailer views go up like millions by result because like you know like they cleverly don't release the song either, so you can't get the song unless you watch the trailer. Unless you rip it off the trailer. <laughs> yeah, which would be difficult because there's like things happening in the trailer. People stop saying things and trying to steal the song. But, uh, yeah. It's... I have very little interest in that film. Uh, I will probably... And Batman is in it. That kind of bugs me. If if, if you had Batman colon Suicide Squad as, like, a, as a Batman film. Yeah. Like, you know, Batman takes on the Suicide Squad. That would be good. Maybe in a kind of a third one of the Ben Affleck trilogy. Just so you can maybe add in a Robin. Just so he's not taking on a whole squad in his own. That wouldn't make any sense. Uh, but, no. Um, um, we're getting the solo Batflick film as well. Yeah. That's a... Uh, you know, uh, we're 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 just about to get to our news stories, but that's a one of the news. Uh, news is an extra news story figure. Gar, well done, Gar. Yeah, you're you're adding bonus content, digging out news. But uh, out. I I have more hopes for that than I do Batman vs Superman because he's writing and directing it himself. Yeah, uh, Warner Brothers have given the reins to Ben Affleck to uh, write and direct the film himself, as Gar just said, and uh, and star and star naturally. I always think of how difficult it must have be to kind of direct of a scene while being in it. It's a lot of work. Surely you'd have to have a good assistant director, you know. Yeah. I suppose while the scene is happening, very little direction actually happens. Yeah. Know what I mean? Most of the direction happens before a scene starts. The director isn't doing much while a scene is actually in progress. Yeah, but going back to Suicide Squad, I just don't see how... Like, and I like I was pretty relieved when they scrapped the Sinister Six film. I wasn't, mostly because I, I liked the Andrew Garfield universe. Yeah. I was disappointed. But like, that would Again, that would have been a good Spider-Man film, but as a film, I don't get how... how, how Villains are supposed to be... Other random tangent, we have a title for that Spider-Man film. Oh, yes. The new one, Homecoming. Homecoming, yes. So, which does suggest that it's not going to be an origins film. It's which not, is good. thankfully. Apparently, he steals the show in Civil War as well. 
it's just, it would just be ridiculous for Spider-Man to to reboot again. I would actually like with great power. <laughs> I would I would I would literally boycott the film. Yeah, I wouldn't. I like Spider-Man. I do like Spider-Man as well. But um, um, Suicide Squad. It looks like it might be amusing. Uh, the visual, the vi- like the like there's a load of characters that people have always really wanted to see, but uh, I just can't buy Will Smith as a, as like a super anything. Yeah. Will Smith has reached that level where yeah. he's kind of gone above himself. Where the when yeah. you see him in things, he's just Will Smith. It almost looks like a parody. It's the same with the, like The Rock is another one of those people yeah. who, when you see him in things, and he he normally plays into this by just playing himself in most things. Yeah. But yeah, when you see him in things, you can't really take him seriously when he's acting because it's like you're The Rock. It's like, yeah. you're Will Smith. Stop, stop doing things. Yeah, Margot Robbie looks promising as Harley Quinn. Mm. She looks interesting. Looks like they're trying too hard to be edgy, though. Yeah, and, uh, like, are they going to really upset the film, like, just trying to shoehorn in jokes? Like, are they going to, you know, like, they're making one film, like, are they going to, by trying to, like, change course so dramatically join the film? It's nearly finished now at this stage, because it's out. Is it going to, you know, make it a self-fulfilling prophecy where they're worried about tanking the film or the film that have tanked it just by interfering with it Doesn't who make... knows we'll see it we'll, we'll probably see it you're gonna have to see this guy because we're journalists and we're gonna have to Damn. report on it and very quickly last but not least dr strange it was strange uh, yeah lived up to the name becomes doing an american accent uh doing an american accent stuff happened yeah it's trippy it's kind of buildings flow folding over on themselves inception style yeah like um him getting knocked out of his own body yeah. with some like some kind of shaman woman. I don't know. It certainly seems like it'll be weird. Yeah, but I think like did it the, that kind of trailer? I'm getting kind of tired of that kind of trailer where it's kind of ambiguity. Yeah, just to to kind of pull you in. Actually, other random tangent. Uh, Michael Keaton is in talks to do would be the villain in that Spider-Man film, Batman versus Spider-Man. Ken, old Batman versus. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we've talked enough, guy. We've gone about twenty minutes of nonsense. So if you're if you're still listening, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we we hope there were some nuggets of entertainment uh, value you, in there. Oh, uh, you used the nuggets metaphor twice, Ken. You used that in the opener. I want chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets are nice. Chicken nuggets are stupidly edible. I haven't eaten that much today, so uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ken's, <laughs> I got, I got Ken's mind just wandered towards food. I got food on the brain, but uh. Enough about enough about us, Nagar. Enough about us and our nonsense and lots of other superhero things. <laughs> yeah. Let's have some stories, shall we? We shall. We begin with our top story in a little segment we like to call... Who News Best? Our top story this week asks the question, how far will Kanye West, or rather, how much will he pay to avoid being the butt of anyone's show? <laughs> Very good, Ken. Uh, I, I didn't even read... Oh my god. Did you write that without realising it? Yes. To put this in context, there has been a mural of Kanye West kissing himself and fondling his own bum... Uh, painted on a wall in where's it been painted? Sydney, Sydney, down under, yeah. uh, and Kanye allegedly it's it's not been proven that it was him that paid the money. Yeah, or that if the money was paid at all, because we have to say allegedly, so you can see where Kanye went. Yeah, uh, but the artist who painted it was paid a hundred grand to take it down. Yes, and who else would do that, Ken? Who else would ask him? If it wasn't Kanye, it was his management, because apparently Kanye was not, because this was an Im- an image on the internet beforehand. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the reports are saying that that his, his management played the princely sum to to ask uh, the, the that the mural will be taken down or painted over. Uh, it was inspired by a Photoshop by Buzzfeed's Jen Lewis. Uh, 
that Kanye allegedly wanted removed from the internet. <laughs> Does, don't, don't think he knows how that works. Do you know how the internet works, Kanye? Nothing ever goes away. Beyonce wanted those Super Bowl photos taken down. They're still there. Yeah. She succeeded in eliminating quite a few of them, though, in fairness to her. But uh, you can never... Once it's, once it's someone... Once it's out, you can't... You can't yeah. it's, it's Pandora's box, Ken. It cannot be closed. Scott Marsh is the, the artist in question. Uh, he expanded into a huge mural in Sydney, Australia last month. Uh, he's also selling prints of the painting, so... I'd buy that. It's uh, a... <laughs> It's like you can't you can't delete physical prints unless you go track them down and buy them all yourself and just like put them in a big fire. Yeah, it's a parody of Kanye's deranged narcissism. Yeah, but basically the funny thing is like it's Kanye's uh, face. He's kissing his own face, but yeah. it's it's Kim Kardashian's body. Sure. So you know, as you do, as you do. Is that the only reason he married Kim Kardashian then? Because he he thinks she looks like him. But uh, yeah, like the the rumors, like the like the the kind of running joke is that like. That Kanye has a really thin skin, and he really like he, they've made a whole South Park episode about it, in which he cannot take anybody making jokes about him. Like, and he is a super narcissist. Yeah, he, he believes he is God's gift to the world. I think in his most recent al- album, he wrote uh, one of the th- tracks is called uh, "I Love Kanye." Yeah, no, so there you go. Do you think he actually believes any of that? Do you think it's a gimmick? I think it's yeah, it's got to be a gimmick. Do you think so? It sells albums, or it sells. Whatever he sells. Then it gets us talking about it when he pays money to get it taken off a wall. Although apparently he's like pretty big financial difficulty because he invested quite heavily in Tidal, which is tanking. Yeah. And uh, he invested quite heavily in a clothing range, which is also like, it start, apparently it started off good, but then people realized that it was garbage. And like, isn't it, aren't like some of it just like white t-shirts? Yeah. It's like, for like $200. Yeah, I can pay a fiver for it. Thanks very much. Thanks, Kanye. I bought that Stitch and, and freaking Toothless t-shirt we talked about the other day for seven fifty. So, you know, you can't beat that, Kanye. No, you can't beat Stitch, Stitch and, and Toothless. Dressed as each other. Dressed as each other. <laughs> Sell that I can't and maybe wait for him to come. <laughs> make something like that and maybe then you'll make some money. But at some point, Marsh made Kanye what seemed like a, an unserious offer of $100,000 and a lifetime supply of Yeezy Boost sneakers uh, in, in exchange for Demuro's destruction. Now it appears he's gotten it. Yeah. Um, the BBC has confirmed Demuro has been painted over. Uh, leaving only only one of Kanye's fingers for fans to remember by. <laughs> it's, one. it's a pinky, probably. <laughs> That's weird. But um, some media sources are not so sure about Marsh's claims. Uh, some people think it's nothing more than a publicity stunt. That he put it up and took it down. Uh, yeah, as in like, uh, you know, losing his, impre- his, his, his impressive mural. It is, you know, admittedly impressive. It's quite the sight. But it's, it's a small price to pay for that kind of exposure. Yeah. So, like, it will pay in the long term. But yeah. it's funnier if Kanye agreed to get it taken yeah. down. So, uh, I like to believe Kanye did it. And uh, that's my opinion, so you can't sue me for that. Yeah. Thanks, Kanye. Can you sue? Probably could. He yeah. could probably try. We yeah. don't really have the money to defend ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we really shouldn't pick fights on the yeah. weekend show. <laughs> we'll be like Gawker and, and they'll award 115 million that we don't have. Yeah. We're going to do that as a story one week, but uh, just as a side, the Hulk Hogan character has a bigger penis than Terry Bollea does. Right. Yep. How do you know that? He said it. Okay. He, under under oath, Hulk Hogan has said he, he has bragged about the size of his penis for the sake of boosting his character. Uh, like, 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 like in his on head. On TV? Like in, in media interviews and stuff. Okay. In his head... There are two different people. There are himself, Terry Bollea, and there is Hulk Hogan. Who has a bigger penis. Who has a bigger penis. Like, 
<laughs> like, do you know his big his big phrase back in the 80s? He was like, say your prayers, take your vitamins, kids, and you'd have a big penis like me someday. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he, he was always talking about his 24-inch python, Ken. He said python. Does he have two penises? Yes. Twin dicks. That was, uh, double the pleasure. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. let's, 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 the sex tape was out there, Ken. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. I have seen it. I haven't. I didn't watch it. Yeah. The, the more, you freak. The more curiosity got the better of me. But I can't. I can't Gar- even Gar- imagine. Gar- 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 let's, 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 let's close that door. Okay. Let's, let's not open Pandora's box, as you said earlier. Uh, let, let's talk about our next story. And the Queen. We're pivoting from Hulk Hogan's dick to the Queen. Set it up, Gar. Go ahead. It's taken the best part of 100 years, but one man has found uh, to, to unite Ireland... Just write to the Queen. Yeah. So one young man uh, is like, yeah, you know, what are you doing, politicians? What are you what, what are you resting on your laurels for? How is it taking this long? I'll just write to the Queen. Yeah. Uh, to put this in context, we recently had our, our 1916 celebration, celebrating the, the 100th anniversary of the Easter Rising, where a bunch of people died trying to gain our independence. Yeah, declared an independent republic, barricaded our, our general post office and... Uh, generally got slaughtered. Yep. Um. Afterwards, like, like the weird thing was, apparently they were really unpopular in Dublin. As in, like, what are you doing? Stop upsetting the status quo. Everything is a fine. Being part of Britain is good. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And then the mistake they made was they imprisoned them and then they put them to death, which made them martyrs. Yeah. And that's what was the catalyst. And for we got our independence said. seven years later. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, it's taken about a hundred years, but uh. We've finally uh, gotten over it. So the young fellow, 12 years old, 12-year-old Reese Kilbride, wrote to the Queen, and, uh, and his rationale, he said, it's like, they had six counties. They didn't give back uh, all of Ireland. So I thought, you know, they should give it back. They should give it back, he told News Talk Breakfast, which is an Irish radio station. He, you know, he had learned about the 1916 Easter writing in school, and I just I picture him just going like slamming his hands on the desk, like, <laughs> yeah. what is this injustice? I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> Like, I want Antrim. Why hasn't anybody done anything about this? And he's just like, that's it. I'm writing a fucking letter. Name name the six northern counties, Ken. Uh, God, yeah. Uh, Down. Yeah. Antrim. Yeah. Uh, Belfast is in Antrim, isn't it? Belfast is a city, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's in, it's in Derry. Armagh? Yeah. And uh, Derry. Derry. Is Belfast? Belfast is a city. What, 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 what county is that in there? Belfast is in Derry. Is it? I'm pretty sure. We're, we're showing our ignorance here. Yeah. Fermanagh, Antrim, Down, uh, Armagh, Derry. Uh, Monaghan. Uh, Tyrone. No, Monaghan's in the Republic. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah. We're showing your ignorance, Ken, <laughs> You're showing your ignorance. I need the six. Ken just wants to give away Monaghan. It's like, I don't need Monaghan. We'll give you Monaghan in exchange for Armagh. Actually, uh, we were doing, me and Ed were doing a Sporkle quiz recently. And it's like, at very last second, it's like, ah, ah, I can't remember. And it's like, Monaghan! Monaghan was the last one we remembered. That's the forgettable county. Uh, so he sent a picture to the Queen in which he also also included some pictures. We don't know what they were. Uh, uh, <laughs> they could have been, like, pictures of, of, of like, her, her children's head cut off. It's like, <laughs> give him back! Or else, or, like, him, like, like uh, with a knife to a corgi's throat or something. Yeah. But um, what makes th- what makes the story more amusing, Ken, is the Queen wrote back. <laughs> well, one of the Queen's representatives wrote back. But uh, the funny thing was his mother, Fiona Dowling, who uh, just not the same name. Oh, interesting. Bastard. <laughs> You're true. Ch- what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like child's born out of wedlock. <laughs> yeah, we're Irish after all. We have that Catholic guilt. 
but uh, she said that she, she she didn't think anything would come of it. She said, "I said if you want, you could you can you can do it, but uh, but don't expect expect a response." Well, he got one. Yes, um, he, a letter ar- arrived um, last week with uh, with the Buckingham Palace logo on it. In the response, the palace said, "Quote it's a quote now." The Queen has asked me to thank you for your recent letter, in which you wished to tell Her Majesty that you were learning about the, the history of the Easter 1916 Rising. We are so very grateful for your letter. <laughs> <laughs> While it was thoughtful of you to let the qu- Queen know your views, I must explain that this is not a matter in which the Queen uh, or the ma- in which Her Majest- Majesty c- would intervene. We do not give a fuck about these things. <laughs> we are rich and uh, and. And we just sit in our castle all day. We like the horses. Yeah. And doggies. Apparently she's quite the fan of the horses. Uh, it goes on to explain, As a constitutional sovereign, the Queen acts on her the advice of her ministers and remains strictly an- non-political at all times. I'm not sure if mocking the Queen is something to endear us to our, our British listeners or alienate them. But like, it's it really depends. Where depends what you're if you're like, if you're like uh, patriotic and you like you like the monarchy, or like you think they're like the biggest dull cheats of all time. <laughs> yeah. You're like the biggest social media, uh, social media, social welfare sponges uh, of all time. But um, yeah, uh, I just think- story. She didn't bloody give him back, did she? Yeah. She's just like, nope, they're ours. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. But like the funny thing was, it's just like, like I often see these kind of cutesy things where like you know authorities write by the kids who write letters. But like, do you think he was going to understand things like constitutional sovereign? He's twelve. Like well, twelve-year-olds aren't adults. Well, some of them are, but like the queen's staying out of this. Basically, like the queen is out. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm ninety. I'm going to be dead soon. Someone else. Is, it's 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 Charles's problem in a few years. Well, Pass it on to whoever I die of before. <laughs> your queen, your queen uh, impression is on point, Karen. Yeah. But uh, moving on because you're, you're, people are turning off in their droves now because your queen. My queen is delightful, Ken. Don't you mock my queen? Have, have you... I'm a master of a variety of accents. Okay, so do the queen for the rest of the podcast then. Okay, Sweden. <laughs> Did I used to own Sweden? No. Oh. <laughs> yes, but uh, you may recall last week that uh, we reported that Sweden now has their very own phone number that anyone can call and be connected with a random Swede to learn about Sweden and their culture. A uh, phone number I wanted to call on the show. <laughs> and it's a good thing we didn't, Gar. Yeah. Because uh, trust Ireland to go and ruin it in less than a week. Yep. Uh, Irish broadcaster Ray Darcy, best known for hosting a show with sock puppets, Yeah. Uh, called that number. And the Swedes were not best pleased. They were not happy about it. The Swedish uh, Tourist Association uh, got wind of the segment uh, on his uh, popular uh, uh, radio show and uh, weren't happy. No. They weren't happy at all. But uh, see, the, the thing is, uh, they caught, uh, they, the, the whole crux of the segment was that he didn't inform them that they were on the radio until like a few minutes into the conversation. Yeah. So like... Uh, asked whether the terms and conditions of the uh, of the of the kind of campaign covered such an eventuality. The SDA spokesperson said it's not okay. Yeah, that's all he said. It's not okay. Well, apparently it's fine if th- they agree to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the stations that have contacted me and I have said very clearly that they must first ask if the person is okay 
and with being involved in the live broadcast. So uh, you can't just ring up Sweden and just put them on here. We were going to do that. Yeah, we were going to do that. <laughs> well, I would have said it in fairness. I would have said, you're on our podcast. I would have just like, hey, Swede, how are you? By the way, you're on our podcast, you <laughs> <Yeah>. fool. Because <laughs> I have media ethics, Ken. I don't want to trick any Swedish person to coming onto our show if they don't want to. Even though they're like, they're queuing up. I was going to name a Swedish, famous Swedish person that was queuing up to get on our show. Then I couldn't really think of any famous Swedish people. Are ABBA Swedish? Yeah. ABBA. They want to be on the show, but we're like, nah. Nah. Sweden. And uh, he, 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 uh, wrote, he rubbed it in a little more there. Um, when he found out about the, the, the Darcy show antics, he said, let's hope they keep their media ethics for the future. Ooh. Cutting. Cutting burn. But like, uh, uh, the, the first Swede who spoke to the show last Friday afternoon, Jinder, a very Swedish name. Yeah, well, Swede is very, Sweden's a very multicultural country. Yeah, he didn't seem to mind at all, though. He was pretty ha- He was pretty okay with it. He chatted to him about, amongst other things, uh, Ikea, the Eurovision, you know, other Swedish stereotypes. Yeah, other things we have in common with Sweden. The, the, the Swedish football team. Uh, basically, about five minutes in, he revealed to Jinder that he was on the radio. Uh, and he responds, that's super fun. Or in my Swedish accent, that's super fun. That's German, sorry, never mind. Uh, he, respond, uh, he responded to, to be, being let know that he was on the radio, and he stayed on the line to answer some further questions, including one about ABBA, so there's the answer to your question here. Yeah. So you, could, you could have just waited instead of interrupting me again. Jeez, oh, Ken, you're so thin. You're just like, oh, Ken, 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 Ken. Blip, 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 blip. More like Ken, yeah, am I right? Yeah. I'm going to call you that. Oh, damn it. <laughs> you weren't smart enough to, to burn me, so I burned myself before you could do it. Well, that's going to stick, though. Damn it. Uh, what did he call two people? Because the first guy he got away with. Yeah, so exactly, yeah, uh, as you just noticed. It didn't go so well on the second call. No. The other guy, he was told he was on the air, and he apparently responded with a quiet, Really? Yeah. So the first guy, he got away with it fine. The first guy's like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's, let's talk away. Yeah. Swedish, Swedish, Swedish. Sweden, uh, Swedish accents are weird. They're hard to do. Yeah. Uh, as evidenced by the fact I tried to just do one, it ended up straying into German. Um, yeah, he said okay, and then was peppered with questions about the Swedish chef. Swedish chef from the Muppets. And with his weird human The country's hands. postal service. Uh, and Darcy ended the call with John by saying he hadn't meant to serve him, so he realised his gap, and he tried to desperately try to make up for it. Uh, and they might catch up if he was ever in Dublin, but there was no answer. This is like, click. Yeah. Uh, an RT spokesperson said the broadcaster hadn't received any complaints. That was uh, RT is the national broadcaster. Well, yeah, no one here is going to complain about it, are they? Uh, hadn't received any complaints about the segment and was declining to comment further. Uh, a broadcasting authority of Ireland spokesperson said, in general, consent must be given before any putting anyone on the air, with uh, additional safeguards required if the individual is vulnerable or below the age of sixteen. Ken has kidnapped me and forces me to do this. Consent on the air. Consent right now. <laughs> I'm here by my own will. Uh, RT has continued to use the clip despite the bad press uh, on a promotional ad. And in recent days, uh, a podcast has also gone up on their website. So ah, well. They're doubling down. They're just like, no, we're not wrong. So what, are, what can the Swedes do? Pull it down. They're too polite to do that. It's like, oh, please don't do that again. But the, the Swedish tourism guy seems like he's not taking any shit. Well, yeah, but he, what can he do, Ken? What can he do about it? He can just act tough. All bark and no bite. Maybe he should call the or the the Ray Darcy show and give him a, give him a, a taste of his own medicine. Put Ray on some Swedish shows, yeah. and Ray will be baffled. Ray's a nice guy. Ask him about potatoes and uh, and leprechauns and. Have you watched any of Ray's um, 
new TV show. Oh god, it's a car crash. Is it? It's just like so bad. Um, one, of the, one of the very first episodes, he was like, uh, he has a TV show as well. Like he he, uh, he has a TV show. Late once, night talk show. I think Norton once a week on a on a Saturday, and he's like, oh, Jack Nicholson. Is our guest, and everyone was like, "What? Yeah!" <laughs> and then it was like a Jack Nicholson impersonator, oh, and like geez. not just that, a really poor one. We get very poor standards of guests over here. So, and like, and then he had like that girl Chalisa from the X Factor, the British X Factor, and she said like, and like he tried to be the like the you know the the serious journalist and ask her all serious questions about her, uh, some of her, her the more illicit parts of her past because she's had a bit of trouble in recent years, and she's like, "I don't want to talk about that." And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he awkwardly asked her about her missing career. <laughs> so uh, he's like, he's he, like, he tries to be the, you know, the kind of, he, he goes, to, he seems to go for shock value a lot, you know? Yeah. But he's not that kind of guy. So, no. so it's kind of tough in the sense that he, he, he tries to kind of like, you know, like go for that really kind of um, mean spirited kind of, not a mean spirited, but Trick like. some Swedes into being on the radio. Yeah, he tries to go for that kind of cheap stuff, but like, it's like kind of above him because he's like a really nice, affable, quiet guy, like, so. Yeah. Uh, but, uh. Get your shit together, Ray. Come on, Ray. We can't afford to be in Sweden this close to the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> yeah, this is our priorities now, Ray. God damn. Well, it seems that the story well has run dry for another week. We will get digging to find a new spring in time for next week. We have some brand new netpicks lined up for you just after a quick break. Do not press pause. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Now it's time for netpicks. You are very welcome back to the Weekend Show. It's time now again for our favorite segment, netpicks. Your comprehensive guide to wasting time on the internet. So, Garrett, tell us what pop culture treats do our listeners need to know about? Unbreakable! You didn't even hit me. They're alive, damn it! It's a miracle! Unbreakable! They're alive, damn it! Females are strong as hell! Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is back, Ken! You didn't even let me finish. Yeah, I was gonna cut you off earlier, but I thought that would have made you mad. So I waited until you were nearly no, finished. No, you already you still made me mad. Don't worry. <laughs> now, please tell the people on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt while I calm down from my rage. Ken's raging. Ken's Ken's gonna flip a table. Inside rage. <laughs> yeah. I won't do an Ed though. That's an Ed thing. Flip flip. Uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is back, Ken. It is. Are you happy about this? I haven't seen it yet, and in fairness, until I saw this on the script, I actually forgot. I saw it earlier this week on Net, uh, Netflix when they promoted it, and I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. You're very forgetful, Ken. Uh, I am. Especially for delightful shows starring Ellie Kemper. I'm a very busy man. Have you watched any of it? I've watched five episodes. Is it as good as the first season? Um, no. Oh, why are you putting it on Netflix then, Garrett? Netflix it... has a really high integrity, Garrett. We just don't put anything in Netflix. Because it is really good, but yeah. the first season was better. I read, Based on five episodes. I've read comments that said that it's kind of turned up the zany, but it's lost a, 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 bit, of gra- a, a bit of grounding as a result. So yeah. It's they, less grounded as a show. They they go super wacky. Yeah. Like, randomly, in the middle of an episode, it's like, there's some uh, a video of a bunny and a kitty just hugging each other. And then uh, Ellie Kemper sings a song about, Bunny and kitty, best of friends. Bunny and Katie gonna solve crimes together. 
and then they play that song over the end credits and essentially shoot the pilot for a, a bunny and kitty a detective tv show which i would totally watch was, was, does that clip make sense in the context of the show or just yeah they, they set it up okay that's very nice then it's it reminds me of detective though yeah that kind of thing. But I, just thought, I just like from way, the way you described it there, it sounded like they just kind of just did it <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the episode. But yeah, it's it, it's because they, they go for lots of jokes, which is why yeah. the show kind of works. Yeah. Because even if like eighty percent of them miss, yeah, that's a pretty good ratio considering how many jokes are in the show. That is a good a, a good uh, hit rate for a sitcom. Yeah. So that's what that's what the show works. I'm just happy to have it back because it's like delightful and joyful. I think it falls under the category of if it has a good theme song it's got it, does, it has such a good theme song as illustrated by my uh, wonderful performance of it a few moments ago and it's just invading my brain as we speak and you'll just be randomly walking down the hall one day it's like oh unbreakable na, 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 na. last year I did that at work and people were just like what are you talking about <laughs> do they know what you're talking about now because they've all watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt no they won't but after this scare they will because everyone listens to our podcast of course they do and they should watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt so it's a really fun show where can they find that girl? Netflix. Netflix? It's the thing with the nets and the flicks. Oh, yes. It is. I've, I've heard about it. It's on the internet. Yeah. Written by Tina Fey. Produced by. Also declined by, I think, NBC. Yeah. It was a pilot at NBC and they ordered it and then dumped it. And then Netflix is like, yeah. <laughs> they, do, they ordered two seasons straight away, so they were very confident. I think they've that. already renewed it for a third as well. They have indeed, yeah. So they, they're just like, yep, we'll have more. So that's a... Uh... That's just a unbreakable story there, Gar. Yeah. We broke the fact that they've uh, renewed it for a third season. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. Yeah. Coming up first for me this week, Gar, is also uh, a Netflix... Uh, a Netflix... Uh, uh, well, it's not a Netflix series, but it's streaming on Netflix. Uh, so, Netflix, like... They probably owe us like a million euros in royalty fees by yeah, now. Yeah, we did. We, we did. I suppose that we're technically using their name, so it's even. Or even Netflix. We're using a play on your name in exchange for plugging you quite a bit. But if you want, you make good TV shows. You do make great TV shows. Uh, so if you want to pay us a million, that's fine. But if you don't, uh, that's also fine. <laughs> but uh, please don't sue us. Um, my first one is Siblings, uh, available on Netflix. It's a BBC Three series. Uh, you made BBC as, as BBC comedies are very kind of hit and miss. They are, but this one I actually really like. Uh, it's a BBC Three one as well, which tends to be aimed at a younger audience. It's bit, it's the hip BBC. So much show now <laughs> that BBC Three has actually moved solely online. Ooh, there you go. But uh, it stars Charlotte Ritchie, who you may know from Fresh Meat. I don't. Like you're probably the only person that doesn't. It's a really popular kind of a. Uh, uh, dramedy show from Channel well 4. I don't watch it do I uh, and and Tom Storton from Horrible Histories don't know who that is either they play a brother and sister who live together and uh, are they the the eponymous siblings they are the eponymous siblings and uh, basically they're uh, the brother is just really naive and stupid and like he believes he's very easily led and he believes anything he's told and Charlotte Ritchie uh, Ritchie's character is just really self-absorbed and just only cares about herself so it's me and you. So basically, every episode centers around them trying to, you know, trying to, you know, get something for themselves or, you know, completely destroying people's lives, which is brilliant. It's like every episode is just utter chaos centered around their utter self-absorption and disregard for anyone else but themselves. Sounds like fun. Yeah, this like it sounds like a really horrible. <laughs> yes. Pair so, of, it sounds like know? a great setup for a comedy. Yeah. But uh, it's actually co-created by Damien Beasley, who you know, may know from the Inbetweeners and Flight of the Concords. And the Inbetweeners US spinoff. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> if you're from the US, you've never heard of. Um, but 
I just think like uh, it's got uh, it's got kind of the one thing that kind of bugged me about it. It's got kind of this music, it's this musical score going throughout it, and it's actually really kind of it's kind of like happy-go-lucky, uh, catchy music. But it's 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 directly lifted from uh, it's all the Sunny in Philadelphia. You know they have that kind of yeah. that's their kind of so style. is Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, so it's it's you know they're kind of copying that kind of style, and it works for Kimmy Schmidt. It's weird to see it in a show. British setting, though. I don't know why. I just used to seeing it on American shows, and British shows are generally snarky and more yeah. downtrodden. It doesn't have that annoying laugh track as well, which I like. But uh, it's just like you know, it's kind of a, a classic, you know, British sitcom in the sense that they, se- um, Britcom again, Britcom. Sorry, in the sense that they set up a scenario at the start of the show, and then like. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of like a kind of a normal scenario, but like, you know, things go wrong, and through the character's own hubris and uh, and you know uh, meddling, it kind of blows up in their face. That that tends to be the very British sitcom form. That like you know, yeah, kind of characters tend to hate each other more in British on British shows. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a thing of they 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 just like like and every episode does the same thing like, but it's it's just kind of it's just kind of like it's almost like comfort tv because you know the format and you trust it because it's it's kind of like faulty towers like something uh, something something happens that seems innocuous but then it ends up like being a disaster in the end and battle like, faulty will shout a lot yeah so it, it works and uh, it's only six episodes per season the second season just finished airing on the bbc uh but it's not on netflix yet but uh the first season is so if you want to ta- give it a taste they're about half an hour each so it's not a huge time commitment it's about was it three hours of television? Uh, it's just just over, so uh, check it out. That's siblings on Netflix. Uh, I've been binging on podcasts lately, Ken. Podcast binge. I'm really behind on my podcasts because I used to be on live chat in my job, yeah, which is great for because ch- uh, you don't have to be on the phone, so you can slack off. You can listen to podcasts, but now I'm a manager, so it's you have to it, listen to people's problems. Yeah, so every time I put my headphones on, you're like Ken, and I'm just like, <laughs> what? Deal with it yourself. God's sake, what is it now? But uh, yeah, go ahead, Ger. Uh, but there, there's three in particular I'm behind on. I'm behind on Planet Money, and I've been binging that, and I'm catching up, and it's a really good podcast. I'm behind on Freakonomics, and I'm binging it and catching up, and it's a really good podcast. And I'm also behind on Radio Lab, and I've been binging that and catching up. And I wanted to recommend a particular episode of Radio Lab, uh, called The Living Room, which I think was actually it was originally a podcast somewhere else. I can't remember the name of that podcast, but who cares? It's on the Radio Lab feed. <laughs> Uh, it's the story of a woman who lives lived in an apartment across from a, a couple and she could see them in their bedroom window Yeah, and she'd kind of stalk them. Right. So like she, instead of watching TV, she used it for entertainment? Yeah. That's and, weird. And like she, she became like emotionally invested in them and their lives and when they wouldn't be there for a while, she'd wonder where they were gone. And then, and it, it sounds super creepy. Right. But like one of the guys, because it's a couple, it's a guy and a girl, a young couple, he gets cancer and then he dies. Right. And she's watching it the whole time. And she's never engaged with them. She's never like went over to say hello because what can she say? It's like, I'm that lady across the road who's been stalking you for two years. But how does she know he died of cancer? Because I think she saw him die. She, she saw the moment where like his mother, what she believed was his mother and his girlfriend were, were sitting around him and he passed away. And she saw the, the moment where the coroner came in to check and where he was taken away and where they're tidying up the room afterward. She saw all of that. And it sounds super creepy. This is a, an audio medium, but uh, I was smiling a minute ago. And as soon as Gareth said that, the wife, the smile just wiped from my face. <laughs> yeah. I was it, like, that's a super creepy. Yeah, but it's, it's like a super thoughtful reflection on the nature of people. And when you don't know people, but you can still become emotionally invested in people. 
It's interesting. I kind of spoiled it because that, that's the whole arc of the podcast, but uh, it's, it's still a really interesting listen. Is it real life? Is it like, or is it? Is it's real a... life. Okay. Or so they say. Okay. Unless they're lying to me and they made up a story. Let's steal it for a sitcom, guy. <laughs> well, I don't think that would be a sitcom. Or like one of those stalker movies. Yeah. Let's Except do it. he didn't die of like cancer or getting ill. Yeah. She went over and killed them. She couldn't live any longer not being like, a part of their life. I don't like life. the way you treat her. <laughs> yeah. And kills her. Uh, so that's uh, Radio Lab. The, the episode is The Living Room. It's from, I think, sometime middle of 2015. That's how far behind that's you how are. far behind I am. Okay. So my final one is a website called spoilme.io. Yeah. Now, it was intended to be a crowd-sourced or crowd, you know, a crowd-contributed uh, spoiler site. Uh, prob- probably set up by internet trolls or, or dickheads, for want of another word. Yep. Uh, There's a lot of dickheads on the internet. Uh, and we're two of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I wouldn't... I'm not recommending it for the fact that I think it's a good thing. I, I, but yeah, I, You sent me this in my Twitter DMs. Yeah. I'm like, what's the appeal of this? <laughs> exactly. And, I, and I, I'm, not, I'm not leading you astray, dear listeners. I'm not leading you astray. But people have actually started co-opted by posting gag spoilers. <laughs> Uh, so, so the idea is that any user can add their own spoiler for any movie, and and I will warn you, there are some legitimate spoilers in here, some really really big spoilers. So yeah. if you're going to check it out, and uh, be careful. Titanic things. Uh, exactly. So, but uh, here's a taster of some of the ones that people put up as a as a as a joke. So for Star Wars, weird grown-ups with twisted family trees play with illuminated plastic swords. Yeah. Pretty much what they do. Another one for Star Wars is they blow up the Death Star and Han and Luke get gay married. I I would watch that film. <laughs> yeah, that's right. like people have been shipping. What's the name of the, those two characters? Oscar Isaac's and and John Boyega's. Yeah, people have been shipping those two. Yeah, they want them to get together. Yeah, I think it, it might happen. It may <laughs> happen. Uh, here's uh, speaking of Titanic characters, two here for Titanic. Uh, the first one is Rose doesn't like the shark. <laughs> you laughed at it before you even said it. Kurt. I'm sorry, it's funny. <laughs> Will I say that again? You think they heard over your laughter? Yeah, you can say it again. The first one is Rose doesn't like to share. <laughs> there is enough to ruin that raft for two Rose. Yeah, there's like people who dedicated their lives to proving that. <laughs> yeah. uh, the second, the second one is uh, ship sinks. Jack dies. Young Rose has an okay set of jugs and old Rose throws the diamond into the sea. It's a good, it's a good synopsis. Yeah. Um, there's one for Iron Man that says that I uh, guess you could say that this film lacked heart. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has shrapnel in his heart. Yeah. And Batman vs. Superman, there's one and uh, don't plug your ears if you haven't seen it yet. It simply says it was made. That is a fact. Yeah. If you, if this reminds you, have you ever seen the Amazon movie quotes Twitter? Yeah. Which is just takes like uh, silly Amazon movie reviews yeah. and posts them on Twitter. They're either like super badly written or like they review the wrong film. Or they don't get what the point of it is. Yeah. Or they're just stupid and obnoxious. And it's good fun. There's yeah. a there's a sneaky epics. Sneaky epics interrupting me yet again. Is this, is this the interruption show? You were finished week? talking. Anyway, uh, I would say as I said earlier, be careful. The site does contain real spoilers from uh, internet trolls. So who delight in being a douche? So um, maybe stick to films you've seen for the time being. But uh, it's an interesting example because it's something that was created for one purpose, but embraced for another. Kind of like Vine and comedy. Nobody ever saw that as a purpose of Vine. But that's yeah. what people have, of. Uh, embrace it for 
Uh, so I would, uh, this is a call to arms as it would, I would encourage you to spoil the Trolls party and claim it in the name of something good. So yeah. that's spoilme.io. Uh, I don't know what IO stands for. Um, Internet Observer. Good work there. I, I detected that with my detection skills. But uh, on that bright note, that's all the picks we have for you for this week. If you check out any of our recommendations, let us know what your thoughts are on Twitter at TWSKK or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Coming up after the break, we're going to speak about the, the possible demise of the TV Tan show. Do stay with us. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TWSKK, Twitter at TWSKK, or search for TWSKK on YouTube. You're going to Hollywood! Or you're not, or at least most uh, TV talent shows are these days. Uh, with the decline of American Idol last week, it died. It died to death. Super dead. It's, it's gone, but uh, not forgotten. And it will be back, as we discussed last and week. And it will be back in, in your TV sooner, in sooner rather than later, some might say. We figured we'd talk kind of the broader genre of TV talent shows. Now, we're going to separate this. We're, we're talking TV talent shows. We're not talking reality shows. Exactly. So we're not talking Cake Boss, but we are talking Great British Bake Off. Yeah. The, the, there's your separating divide. even though Where we... there's a competition and there's a winner at the end. Yes. Yeah. So we figured we'd delve into what makes a good TV talent show. Why were they successful? Why did they take off? Yeah. And now, why are they dying? Yeah. Are people tired of them? Is it simply, yeah. Has it simply run its course? Let's find out. Let's do a deep dive there. Yeah. Put on your swimming cap. We're going to dive in now. So, sploosh. Sploosh. That sounded really dirty. I'm sorry. Sploosh. <laughs> Stop saying it. Sploosh. <laughs> Um, I, I figure the appeal of TV talent shows you can separate into two different categories. There is contestants and there are judges. Yeah. And basically, those are the two reasons you, in theory, watch the show. Yeah. Which do you watch for, Ken? I think it's it's difficult because like like when there's no contestants yet that you're you know at the start of the show you watch it because you know of the judges like you know yeah. that's why a lot of these uh, singing shows are really focused on getting kind of big names to try and put in ratings like especially for the last season of uh american idol they got j-lo back just because they knew it would, uh... no she was there for a few years was she 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 left for a while ah but she she was there for the last i think three years never mind then yeah i, I, I uh removed my objection but let's say for example uh american idol wouldn't have nearly been anywhere near as successful if it wasn't for simon cow well i would have said the first all three in yeah. fairness people like paul abdul and randy jackson and in fairness, you, you can kind of point to the point where Paula left. Yeah. That's when the decline really started kicking in. And then, like, there's only so many times you can hear Randy Jackson go, it was pitchy dog. I don't know, dog. <laughs> and Simon Cowell put people down. Yeah. You see, but... and they were very mean, though. Yeah. Because I, I binge-watched season 14 of American Idol all of this week. Yeah. Which has Harry Connick Jr., uh, Keith Urban, and Jayla was the three judges. Yes. And they're super nice. But like, I, 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 and I like that they're I'm super almost, nice. I, I like that they're nice, but I'm almost like not used to it. Yeah. Because it's like, what? Where's the? Where's the? The scathing criticism? <laughs> yeah. Where's the the cutting jabs? Not one person has cried from <laughs> sadness in this episode. It's all tears of joy. Yeah. But it's like, the, the, I thought I, I thought that season was really sweet because like there there's a, there was a spontaneity to it. Yeah. Where they they'd randomly just start. Uh, uh, like J Lo slow dance with one of the contestants, which yeah. it's reality TV, so you don't know the degree to which 
all of this might be set up. Oh, like, uh, believe me, I- I'll get on to it in a minute. I-, I have an example. It's 100% set up. Well, I wouldn't say 100%. 100%. I wouldn't say, uh, maybe that's my gullible, gullible <laughs> brain thinking. You're one of those suckers that they, <laughs> yeah. you're one of those suckers that they, they prey on. These little sweet moments that they have that are real. But, um, yeah, season 14, that, that those are, those are good judges. So, so, like, if you look at the Irish voice, yeah. Which is objectively a terrible show. It's called The Voice of Ireland. The same thing. Which is like the only uh, the only country that does that. The rest of them just call it The Voice. Yeah, it's it's, it's our, our in, 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 in what's the word I'm looking for? Incarnation? Incarnation, there we go. Of, uh, of the Voice franchise. And that that's a vehicle for Brezzy. Yeah. Who is a, 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 an Irish kind of indie singer who became a star from that TV show. Yeah. The only star that show has made is Brezzy. Literally, and, and that's probably one of the main points that, like, uh, any any person that's won that show, I've met someone of the people that won that show. Who? And he does Panto now. Who? Uh, Keith Hanley. Never heard of him. Exactly. Uh, Pat Fitz won the first year, is that his name? Yeah. I've seen him play pubs every so often. Yeah, and in fairness, like, what, what it does what it does is, if you're in, in a country as small as Ireland, it kind of boosts your profile, you get kind of gigs, you, get, you make a living out of it, but it's not exactly... Uh, uh, you know the, the the bright lights of Hollywood or anything. Yeah, or and then there's contestants. Yeah, which uh, I've 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 like I kind of waned on American Idol season fourteen, Ken. Yeah. Because I did I wasn't rooting for anybody. Yeah. And that's what got, got, got hooked me on season fifteen because there's like a few people like I like them I'm going to root for them now. It's very important that you have someone to root for. I me- I remember uh, during one of the early seasons of the British X Factor, um, during someone's audition, I was I was just sitting there like he's gonna win it. Ah. Uh, and. And, uh, and then you have to watch it to see the, the, the yeah. horsey back all yeah, the way through. Exactly. And it was his very first audition, and, and I, I, was, I was like, and my friend sitting next to me is like, "That's a bold prediction already." But uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get onto how I knew at the end. Who uh, was it? Uh, uh, Leon. Oh. Leon Jackson. Who uh, remembers him? When you believe that was that. that when was you his. believe, yeah. yeah. Who remembers him? Let us know if you remember him on Twitter at twskk or on Facebook at facebook.com like, forward slash twskk. How many times, Gary? Yeah. I'm, I like the way I'm like, who remembers him? And then I'm like, oh, that's his song. Yeah. <laughs> Without but, uh, prompt. In fairness, like, there's this, like, he was like, up against, like, what, there's like a few things that this, these shows love. Uh, uh, they love an underdog. It's, yep. it's like, like, and he was a big underdog because, like, there's this guy who's like the massive, massive favorite in the final and uh, called Ridian Roberts. Do you remember Ridian? Yeah? I do remember Ridian. He's, he's kind of more. Our parents would see Ridian in concert, didn't yeah. they? He, he does the odd concert and he does the odd opera and he does kind of musicals more now. Uh, it's not a bad career you know, yeah. it's not bad uh, work is work yeah on the west end and stuff like that but um, basically Ridian was like good every single week and he kind of peaked in the final mm. whereas uh, whereas like you know the, the winner song was like the like the, like where Leon came into his own and like everyone was just like Leon <laughs> he was like a cute little younger fella the underdog tends to win a lot yeah it's because Leon won it and like the reason and I'm going back to this the reason that I knew who was going to win it because it is um, the the producers of these shows always set up the audition of the people, not just the one person, but like well they all set up the person that they want to win, but like the person the like the, the people that they want to kind of make it through the live shows, yeah. they're always they're like like they're always featured really really specifically. So do you know what I mean? They're kind of sold before you're selling them. Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, exactly. So like they'll have a large segment to themselves their audition. Uh, there's often like inspirational music playing at the end of yep. their of their audition when they get the, the three yeses or whatever they get, um, and like but like they sp- they spend a, a disproportionate amount of time on him, and they really kind of 
like tried hard to tap into your feelings like like this is his dream you know he's a young guy just just kind of just like young shy guy putting himself out there and they paid the rousing music at the end and it was just like yeah leon <laughs> yeah Do you know what i mean so like that's how i knew leon was going to win or leon was a person that they wanted to win there there are people that believe if you study survivor closely enough yeah you can see the winners edit yeah you know that the way that they're editing to set up the narrative and the arc of the series yeah. so that you understand who wins and why yeah because they'll usually establish why the person who wins deserve to win yeah if they can unless it's you know they coast it yeah. which tends to happen every so often in survivor yeah, yeah. But Gary, we said we wouldn't. Oh, that's that's a, that's a, that's a, we, we said if I think I think Survivor is rigged. I think it's fake. <gasps> Jeff Probst wouldn't lie to us, Ken. I don't know. There was a, there like I used to think it was real. I thought like you know like no like, well you kind of like, maybe control the circumstances obviously because you can't put uh, like fifteen people on an island you know because like they might get killed. Yeah. But um, I remember there was one season. I th- I can't. I I uh I think it was Vanuatu, where it was a a, a women versus men, uh tribe set up. Yeah. And uh, when they merged, there was more w- uh, women than men. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, the women just kind of stuck together, picked off all the men until they were down to one. Do you remember this? His name is Chris, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, like, for me, it was just like, and it's like, you know, all they had to do was pull him off, and it was the battle of the women then. And then apparently, uh, through, through the next couple of episodes, he slowly managed to make all the women turn on each other. In fact, that makes a degree of sense, though. And because no, no, if, if if the women look around and they yeah. see the one guy, they they say he's on the bottom. Yeah. And then if the people who are on the bottom next think, well, if I vote him off, I'm done. Yeah. So why don't I take him and then take the next person down and take out the people who are supposed to be on top? But like, that's like, sound strategy. I I get it, but it, it came to a point it was like seven on one or something like that, <laughs> and like all they had to do was vote him out, yeah. and and like. He just uh, he eventually ended up winning the show, and yeah. I just thought it was a bit kind of far fetched for me. That's when I started to to question how real it was. In fact, we have a chart in front of us, yeah, which pretty much definitively proves Taylor Hicks killed American Idol. <laughs> Taylor, who he was actually on the last season, wasn't he? So. Yeah, he showed up in the the, the final episode, yeah. which which brings you to another point: the backlash against these shows. Yeah, because because historically, the American Idol winner would become Christmas number one by default. Yeah. People didn't like that, so yeah. they started the campaign to have something else win Christmas number one. I think you mean Xbox, Factor. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. They're the same. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. So, like, and and, and I think the people just kind of, like, like there's, there's two sides of people. There's people who really enjoy these shows, yeah. and they look forward to when they come around every year, they kind of build their Saturday night around them, or, or whatever night they're on. And there's the people who are just like, I have to watch this shit because my girlfriend watches it. <laughs> Like I think those people are becoming a majority now, which yeah. is like where, like begrudgingly, like some weeks, some years, it's like I'm not watching it, I'm not watching it, and then you like watch one episode, and you're like, damn it, yeah, they've got me. But um, that's an interesting point. We're going to talk about uh, like the rise and fall of American Idol as a case study in a minute. But um, like often they set up upsets, um, which they think is going to be like really great television, but it actually enrages the fan base. Yeah, uh, I remember there's twice I can remember in American Idol specifically. Where, uh, David Archuleta, he was like this like cute uh, Hispanic boy, and I can't remember who he was beaten by. It might have been uh, David Cook. I think it was David Cook. I like David Cook. And it was just like, what the fuck? And like, there's a period of American Idol where a white guy with a guitar won it every year. Yeah. People got mad about that, but you can't get mad about yeah. who wins. And I remember Adam Lambert, like who was like probably was one of the most successful people since. Especially, he's been one of the most successful in the latter seasons. Yeah. 
um, you know, he, he was like odds on favorite. People were like, he, he was like, you know, he was just coasting to the title and he got beaten by, no, I think he got beaten by David Cook. But like, the point is that like, I think Philip Phillips beat Adam, Adam Lambert. I don't know. But like, it was one of those nondescript guys who were yeah. just like, uh, it's just like, why, why are these guys so popular? It's like, why did they win? Yeah. But like, they almost kind of, like, cause like there was a, there was a vote for the worst campaign for American Idol for quite yeah. a long time. Where people were trying to like like rally the the anti American Idol people, which I don't get. Yeah. You know, if you don't like American Idol, fair enough. Like I I don't look down on any genre of television. I I can find entertainment in most of them. But it's like stop trying to spoil other people's fun. So it's like oh yeah, we'll we'll vote for the worst and put the worst people through an American Idol just just to spoil other people's good times. Yeah. Don't be a jerk about things people enjoy. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't watch it. That's yeah. it. But um. Uh, as you raised when we're looking at the graph here it kind of it kind of peaked around the time Carrie Underwood won well it, w- it went up another five yeah as uh, I said it, it, about season five is where Taylor Hicks won and then from season five on it tanks it's just like yeah and he was another guy who it was an upset in the final because he beat Catherine McPhee who was a huge favourite at the time like so yeah it's like people almost got tired of this thing it's like why didn't the person we like won yeah and like the first like Carrie Underwood was a star and um, what's her name? Kelly Clarkson. Like those two were real stars and Fantasia was kind of like uh, right. Yeah. And Ruben st- stuttered. But like, like, and it kind of raises a good point as well. It's like these shows became more about being a television show than like, like the, the TV and the drama and all the extra stuff became more important than what the parent goal of the show is, is to find the star. Yeah, yeah, that was, it's like, who is Americans? Like, who's the next undiscovered star? That was the pitch of the show. But it became less about that. It just, yeah. like, it became, like most of these shows, that happens to be the case. Because, like, you can't create a star like that every yeah. single year. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. But what they become is just entertainment. Yeah. That I happens mean, to have singing on it. The Irish voice, it solely exists to fill a slot at the television for about four or five months. That's all it's, yeah. it's, it's it exists to do. It's just, Airtime. Be a vehicle for Catherine Thomas and, and Brezzy. Yeah. And Keen Egan. Oh, from Westlife. We have Rachel Stevens on ours now too. Yeah. Thanks, Britain. Yeah. You didn't want her. She's not good enough for your talent show. Well, we have Ronan. Ronan Keating is a judge on the Australian X Factor. Yeah. So we've, we've deported him down there yeah. and imported um, Rachel Stevens. But I, I, I think that's... I, I was going to make a point there, but I, I completely forgot. But... Um, I'll come back to it. Yeah. But I was like, uh, you know, there's also a question about how much is this real, how much is stage. Like, a lot of the, the X Factor in the UK last year was centered around staging auditions. You know, what, like the way it was edited made it look like one girl who eventually won it got two chances at her audition. Yeah. They so, it what TNA did with Grado, yeah. except yeah. for a show that's supposed to be legitimate. You know. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, like Twitter spent a lot of time talking about this stuff being rigged, like, and that's always being like thing on on people's minds but like i think the people are are are, are boldly rejecting the, the like it's produced to within an issue of its life these days like these days it's it's, it's like 100 percent fake like uh in the sense that um a friend of mine or a friend of my girlfriend's who's my friend too sure uh, so you she, were right the first time yeah, a friend she, of yours she's in a choir in london and she uh was asked to perform at the x factor final and they were there all day long they rehearsed and everything like that uh they're supposed to run on during one of the performances and but like um they were like you know they're a real choir and they uh they were told to lip sync 
Really? To stand there, clap their hands and mouth along. What's the point of being there? Exactly. The costuming, like it all seems very glamorous. Apparently it's all like really cheap clothing, like pennies. And, <laughs> and they just kind of just embellish it with like bits from... Fancy lights. <laughs> no, you know, like, you know, with sequins and all this stuff. Bedazzle it. Yeah, bedazzle all that stuff. Sparkles! Uh, and like, I think just people are just kind of openly rejecting that now. They're yeah. kind of, it's just like, like, I think a, a show... Uh, like this can survive but it would have to kind of be stripped back and just be more authentic and like let let it happen organically who are the x-factor judges now uh, uh it's uh cheryl cole who quit again <laughs> simon Cow- even she doesn't want to be associated with it because as you said at its peak it, it, it kind of it, uh, it got uh, 20 million viewers it's now down to 10 and um below 10 and the voice uk has actually moved to the same network as it now so and the same thing happened with the American Idol, actually. The voice kind of overtook it. Yeah. Which is, I suppose, it brings the question of to what degree does the format have an effect? Yeah. And that was actually the point I was going to make. Thanks, Gar. There you go. Um, Like, the, the format changes. Like, like, like when the, the ratings shop, they just do anything to, yeah. to, to pick up the ratings again. So, it's usually a stunt cast a judge. Yeah. Because so, uh, like American Idol put was it Nicki Minaj and Mariah Carey on there one year? Yeah, and they spent the whole season arguing with each other. Exactly. Because apparently they hate each other's guts. Yeah, you know, like you know, either staging controversy or inserting scenarios that will create controversy. Yep. Um, like, but I, I'll take the British X Factor as an example. It kind of used to be a format where there was auditions, then uh, the judges were given a category, and I like that about the X Factor. Like, it broke it down to each each uh, contestant had a mentor that affected their kind of progression on the show so it made it about the judges but it was an interesting way of making it about the judges <laughs> yeah but now the, X- the show is about the judges anyway the X Factor was flagging so they inserted things like the six chair challenge so there's six spots uh, after the boot camp and they have six chairs to give away but if they give away all their six chairs before the performances are gone and they like someone that comes later they have to take the chair away from someone when you said six chair challenge you just had like an image of them being forced to play musical chairs on the stage while singing <laughs> that would probably the music cuts yeah, don't give stop. them don't give them ideas yeah. uh, and like it just seems so cruel and like and it's like it's it's meant to create controversy it's meant to be much watched much uh most must watch television there you go. I, was, I was trying to, i was saying much i kept saying much but anyway it's, it's supposed to be must watch television but like it's car crash television which people usually enjoy but I think we're so exposed to it now that it's become cringy maybe that's why I liked American Idol yeah because like they they do have a very rigid format yeah where it's like auditions Hollywood week and then cut them down one by one by one yeah but, but like they they seem sincere exactly there's no gimmicks there whereas the X Factor then added uh, did, as if that wasn't enough it was like uh, live uh, judges houses yep uh, used to bring like the last With stage live. Yeah, the last stage before, like, the six-chair challenge, like, so, like, so someone might be in the chair and then they're like, oh, I like that person more than you, sorry, your dream is over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was, just, it's just cruel and people kind of cringe at it and it's like, they don't like seeing that. It's just like, like, yeah, like, we like seeing a bit of controversy, we like seeing a bit of suspense, but, like, cruelty it does not sell, uh, or pull in viewers. And then they're like, they're like, oh, cruelty isn't working. Let's double down on that. So the X Factor did a live Judges Houses last year and basically what it resulted in is... Uh, people who are being eliminated literally begging for a spot um do you prefer mean shows or happy shows uh i think i wouldn't because this question is based on my watching of master chef australia and master chef us whereas master chef australia is like 
they're all super supportive and super nice and they're all uh, like happy and smart, kind to each other at and the end they do, they're kind of happy for whoever wins it yeah and they're supportive and the judges are all really I can't remember the judges names but I got obsessed with MasterChef Australia at one stage I did like, as well yeah, it's like oh I love the, the judges the bald guy who's super fired up and there's the fat guy and then there's the guy with the weird scarf yeah. <laughs> those are the MasterChef judges but I like all three of them and like they, they seem super nice and then you watch MasterChef Australia where it, it's Gordon Ramsay saying it's fucking raw it's frozen <laughs> and then like, you said MasterChef Australia twice there uh, MasterChef US with Gordon Ramsay God can yeah. couldn't just let me keep going have to correct me yeah uh, we're, we're, and even the contestants are like, oh, I want to, I want to, uh, I hope their food is raw and rotten and frozen <laughs> and I, I hope they fail. And, uh, and all, I, I remember watching the finale when I was in uh, San Francisco last year, cause uh, you know, we were just uh, in a hotel watching uh, TV and it was just, just like hard to watch. Just like everyone's just like, not just saying, I want to be the best. I want to win. I was like, I want to stop this person from winning. I hate this person. <laughs> backstabbing them trying to sabotage them yep. and it's not to answer your question Garrett uh, in that context I like happy shows because I've never really like a big component of these shows is like they let through people who are terrible yeah. so we can ridicule them I was watching a, a documentary about American Idol and it's like they do the auditions and it's like we want the best of the best and of course the worst of the worst <laughs> and they let them through just so you know you know, you can get pants on the ground and that car, that car crash television but uh I've never enjoyed that. I like. I just find it cringy. I I don't. I don't want to watch it. I actually turn off shows during a stage. Like, um, I, I like. I I I actually like the auditions where people succeed more. Yeah. And I, I, I <laughs> Ken making his kind of judgy look at me yeah, on my high yeah. horse face. No, but I actually like. I, I I actually a lot of the time when I before I kind of give up on shows like The X Factor, I probably watch it more when it got down to the better people. Like mm. I didn't enjoy. I like the auditions though. Yeah, I, I I think some of these shows tend to lose steam in the week to week because partially because yeah. they tend to run too long. Yeah, it's like seven weeks of just people singing and then one yeah. away and then one away and one away. But uh, but yeah, I I think the auditions tend to have more like spring in their step. Yeah, I I get, I get I get what you mean, but like I like the real I like the the good auditions, but I I don't enjoy watching someone fail, especially. It seems so cruel, you know, when they're kind of serious about it, but they don't realize that they're not good. Yeah. And Though I, I did like that Simon Cowell would just like flat out say your shit. Yeah. Because like, I, I, and he, he in his head thinks he's doing that person a service. Yeah. It's like, you're rubbish. Don't put any more time into this. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, it's maybe it's better to pull the bandaid off and go, oh, you know, you're, you're, you look lovely. Come back next year. Thanks. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. But uh, again, you know, like you, you don't know how much of this is real, how many yeah. of these people they let through just for the sake of this. Like, I'm sure these people know what they're getting into. So. Yeah, they do. Like, pants on the ground guy knew what he was doing. Yeah. Pants on the ground, pants on the ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the so, ground. I suppose the big question now is, Gar, do you think these shows have run their course or do you think there's any room for them anymore? Um, <sighs> Or is it just, is it like, as you know, as the voice took over took over from American Idol so is it just about finding a fresher format a fresher format I yeah I, I, I do think it's a case of moving on to the next thing as yeah. opposed to this genre going away altogether yeah because I think it's a relatively like Survivor is, is, is a phenomenally a phenomenally durable show it's been going since 2000 that's yeah, it's, 16 years now it's on th- season 32 yeah it's a lot of seasons yeah it's two a year yeah they've, they've run through them so I, I think it's more of just finding the next thing I think when it comes to talent shows in particular, not, not not necessarily game shows, I think maybe just being stripping it back and like being more authentic, mm. which is counterintuitive for a lot of these Hollywood producers. They're just like, 
we'd have to meddle and interfere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, you know, just like being like, let the chips fall they may for as far as the contestants, just like even stripping the production back. Like, I think people will respond to that more. But uh, and if you look at the, the, the shows, when these shows like super succeeded, that was the format. Yeah, it was just simple. It's just about the singing and the people. And that was it. Yeah. And Simon Cowell mocking them. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it, Ken. That's our discussion of, uh, of talent shows. Or you, do, we'll probably do like reality shows someday, like Storage Wars. Yeah, we should probably like, yeah. like we, 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 there, there's more legs in this guy. We'll 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 go again with reality show, or with, with uh with more reality shows. Like there, there's a suspicion in your mind as to whether the talent shows are all like nonsense and bullshit. Yeah, reality shows are all nonsense and bullshit. So we'll be calling them out in a future segment. But uh, are you still a fan of the the TV talent show, or or were you, you ever a fan in the first place? <laughs> are you going to defend the X Factor to the death or American Idol to the death? And you're like, are you counting the days till it returns? If if you can, <laughs> you defend it to American Idol to its death. You got there. <laughs> you can rage at us on Twitter at TWSKK, or you can let us know how smart we are on at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Are you suggesting Twitter users are angered and Facebook users there? Yes. Do you think so? Twitter tends to be the the source of of more derision, I find. Yeah, but I tend to find Facebook to be uh, Facebook is kind of dumber. Thanks, Gar. Yeah, because Facebook tends to lean toward like Buzzfeed stuff, you know. Yeah, I guess that's so. the stuff that does well on Facebook more than Twitter. That's a whole other segment. We're 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 branching into yeah. all these different segments. Facebook versus Twitter. <laughs> yeah, keep an ear out for for some more segments like that in the future. We'll be right back to wrap up the show with details on next week's episode. Stick around. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Okay, superstars, that's our show for another week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can find a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. Make sure to bookmark the link or subscribe on iTunes for you, so you never miss an episode. Speaking of which, if you love the show and you need everyone to know about your joy, you can write us a review on iTunes. It really is the best way to spread the world about our humble podcast to the masses. Um, then you get to tell all your friends that it was uh, you who listened to us before anyone else. Yeah, and you can listen to the podcast today starting Monday. Plugs. <laughs> So like you, you you can you can be cool before everyone else and it's a win win and so you get to hear our show. You're like I listened to the weekend show when it wasn't cool and I never listened to podcast today because it was terrible. <laughs> oh 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 shots fired! And when when we become super popular, you can turn on us because you're a hipster. We're fine. If you are addicted and can't wait until next week for another weekend show fix, you can relive snippets of our best bits on YouTube. Just search TWSKK. You can also find us on Facebook, in case we haven't reminded you, on facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And where can they find us on Twitter, Gar? At TWSKK. We were brought to you this week by our sponsor, Ryan Zquest. I love Ryan. Good old Ryan. He hasn't got anything better to do, so he's sponsoring our show now. Yeah. So, Ken, think, think of a scenario. Yeah. Ryan Zquest introduces you onto the stage. Uh, he funnels you in front of the judges. What song do you sing? Oh, audition my, song. My audition song. Uh, Rainbow Connection. Oh, that's a good one. Mine would be 5,000 Candles in the Wind. Beautiful. I'd cry for the line of, uh, Here's the part that hurts the most. Humans cannot ride a ghost. And I'd break down. That's, that's, that's making an emotion right now, guys. Let's, 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 let's wrap this up. Bye.
Sebastian. Next week, we preview the gigantic 2016 blockbuster movie season. As always, it's a stacked lineup with lots of talking points, so do join us and offer your thoughts. Our theme music is by the very talented Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.